So we've been exploring Romans chapter 8, and we'll continue to do so. And we're uh, in this chapter that speaks of life in the resurrected life of Jesus. We live by faith in his resurrection. Yet there is an incredible amount of pain in this world. And Paul talks about the pain of creation. Then he talks about the pain of the people of God and how they moan and groan within their spirits. And what is this? Well, he says it is not a pain leading to death but it is a pain leading to life. We are those people, and the whole creation is, groaning as in birth pains. There is a new world coming, a new earth, and this is what Paul is teaching us right now, and that we will explore a little, a little bit more. So thank you for listening today. Colin Cook here, and how it happens. You're listening to the good news of the gospel, described in the book of Romans, which we go through every year or year and a half or so. And this book is so detailed in its, in its description of God's grace that it enables us to focus our faith in a way that we perhaps hadn't understood or experienced before. You will train your faith if you listen to this broadcast. Listen every Monday through Friday. You can uh, on KLTT in the Denver area, AM 670, on the dial that is, and at 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at 4 in the morning. That's in the Denver, Colorado, and surrounding states areas. But you can also hear this program any time of the day or night on your smartphone or other remote device. Simply download a free app, SoundCloud or Podbean. You can go directly to uh, to the program by soundcloud.com slash faithquest or uh, faithquest.podbean.com. So, as I said, this this uh, message of the life of life in the resurrected life of Jesus enables us to reinterpret the pains and the struggles we are going through. But now we're at the verse that says in chapter eight. Um, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession with us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, we, we looked at this last time. We were uh, referring to chapter 8 of Romans. And we just need to remind ourselves before moving to the next verse that Paul is telling us that the Holy Spirit actually groans within our hearts. Now, that's very curious. As I pointed out last time, he says we groan. In 8 verse 23, he says, no, no, not only that, but we also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. So we're longing for a new life, and sometimes it breaks through in our prayers, this groaning, Lord, when will it happen? But we can't always define that groaning. But then now, he says in verse 26, as I just read, not only do we groan, but the Spirit of God, God himself groans within us, because our Heavenly Father has a plan, but it has a schedule. He can't do it all at once because he's redeeming every single soul. And to do that takes time and makes uh, uh, involves God positioning people that they might break down, that he might break down their pride and resistance so that they might be willing finally to receive mercy. All that takes time. 
and so God himself is groaning within us. Therefore, when you pray and when you feel this heaviness of heart and this burden, don't resist it. Allow yourself to say, Father, I think I hear you groaning within me. Your spirit is groaning for the redemption that you are longing to bring. And I join you, dear God, in that groaning because I'm longing for it to happen too. I'm longing for God's people finally to be redeemed as the sons and daughters of God. Do you get it? This makes prayer so much more real and so very much more honest. But now come to this. The next verse. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now that's a little bit, well, kind of mysterious, isn't it? God searches the hearts. Who is he exactly referring to? He who searches the hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit. Well, I think the fa- he's referring to the Father, he who searches the hearts, knows what the mind of the Spirit is. So the Father and the Son, just like the fa- I'm sorry, the Father and the Spirit, just like the Father and the Son, intimately know each other. The, the Trinity is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all in full intimate knowledge of each other. There is no thing that the Holy Spirit experiences that the Father does not. There is no thing that the Son experiences that the Father does not. And therefore, when the Spirit is working with us and moving in our minds and hearts with this heavy groaning, God knows that. And though we can't interpret those groanings, God can. Now, What does that imply practically? Well, look, if there's one thing we all should know, it is that we don't know about ourselves. In other, well, you, you, this becomes very evident in counseling, you know. If uh, and I've done spiritual faith training counseling for many, many decades, and. The truth of the, fa- the matter is that when a person tries to describe his life and all the pains he went through as a child or what he's going through now, it is very, very difficult for him to really understand what's going on in his own head and his own heart, his own mind, because the the mind breaks through in the, with behavior and emotions that are very symbolic of what happened in childhood. I mean, in other words, we do things in our addictions and our escapes from pain that are symbols of the pain that was unresolved in the abuse that we went through in childhood. So there's a mystery to what's going on in our head. But the wonderful thing about it is this, that God, through the Holy Spirit, fully understands what is going on in that pain and that groaning of our heart. He fully understands our heart. He fully understands the Spirit who is taking the groanings that are in our hearts and combining them with His groanings for us and translating them, as it were, to God the Father. This makes prayer, again I say to you, so incredibly real. The Spirit of God is making intercession for us. That doesn't mean he's 
pleading with the Father to accept us, that's nonsense. God already receives us, and we're going to see that wonderfully in the the latter part of chapter 8 of Romans. But the Spirit is letting the Father know, as if the Father didn't already know. I think Paul is talking in very human terms. But the Spirit intercedes for us because we cannot properly tell God what's going on in us. We cannot properly tell him, fully understand how we feel, what we're angry about, what we're depressed about, what we're anxious about, what we're in doubt about, and the Spirit can do all of that. Therefore, you see, we are welcomed to trust God. We are encouraged to trust God because, Lord, I don't know who I am, but you sure do. And the Holy Spirit knows who I am, and he's at work letting you know all that's going on in my heart right now. So sometimes, you know, when you don't know what to pray, you sit before the Lord and you just vegetate. Not really vegetate, you cogitate. Not really cogitate, you meditate. (laughs) Do you see what I mean? You simply sit there and say, oh Lord, you know all about me. Read Psalm 134, uh, 139. You'll get that point very, very well. Psalm 139. O oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You see, God knows. And you can sit before him and say, Father, I don't really want to put anything into words right now. I don't really want to try to formulate what my thoughts are. It's too much hard work. But I sit before you in all the heaviness of heart that I feel, in all the sorrow or the anxiety, and I allow myself to think and to be aware that the Holy Spirit is taking every one of these dark pains within me and these groanings and letting you know what they're all about. This makes prayer infinitely more real than we have been experiencing so far, perhaps. Then comes this verse, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, what an interesting context this verse has. We know that all things work together for good. What is the context? Well, it's about prayer, isn't it? We know in all those groanings that we are going through and all the groanings that the Holy Spirit is mixing with our groanings and taking to the Father and interpreting them, that everything is going to be okay that everything is going to work out, that all things work together for good. Now, that's a big package to swallow. It's a big package to open, let's put it that way, because there is so much mess and sheer chaos in the world, let alone in our lives, that it is hard to believe that everything could possibly be working together for good. But this is the Christian faith, you see. The Christian faith has this secret or knows this secret 
that in everything that is happening in the chaos of the world, our sovereign God, through his love for us and by his work of victory in Jesus Christ, is able to turn all the consequences of bad things into good. Now, notice I didn't say that God turns bad into good. He turns the consequences of bad into good. Something happens that's a bad experience for you. You get fretful and anxious and angry, but then your faith kicks in and you say, Lord, I give thanks to you for this because all things work together for good. And then behold, days later, something marvelous turns out through this very bad thing that happened. You get to know somebody that uh, maybe wants to know about Jesus Christ, or um, something positive happens that just knocks your socks off, and you think to yourself, how amazing is that? How that wouldn't have happened if this bad experience hadn't come my way. So you see, this is how God works. But we'll talk more about that uh, as the uh, uh, in the next broadcast. But be sure of this. All things do work together for good to those who love God. So what do you do? You come before God in prayer. And you say, Father, I have just been praying by rote. I'm realizing that this is a serious conversation we're having, so serious that it goes beyond words. And sometimes all I, I can do is sit before you and moan and groan or feel heavy and be so thankful that you are understanding everything that's going on and you are even part of the process. Dear God, I thank you so much for that. I thank you that you love me, you understand me, and I can sit before you and tell you everything or tell you nothing. And it's just the same, you hear it. I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.